Good evening. Today is June 5th, and we're studying the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter and step are the appendices, and our speaker tonight is Nancy C. Thank you so much, Nancy. Hey, everybody. It's really good to see so many of you that I haven't seen in a while. Um, my name is Nancy C., and I'm gratefully recovered this evening in Ann Arbor, Michigan, thanks to God and the fellowship of this program. Um, this is all God. I have no idea what I'm going to be saying tonight. An hour ago, I was slippy sliding with a four-year-old in the backyard, and I think I have the hematoma on my thigh. I don't think I'm going to be able to walk tomorrow. But it gave me a good diversion of um, worrying about talking about something I know nothing about. Um, when I was asked to to talk on the traditions, um, I was like, yeah, sure. And then I was like, ah, what do I know about the traditions? I mean, how many of us, honestly, when we start reading the traditions, everyone goes and gets a glass of water, you write your name in the chat, you're just like, oh, whatever, it just goes. Because um, I do that, or I have done that. But I really did do some reading. Um, I did listen to a lot of podcasts and I learned an awful lot about the traditions and how just instrumental they are um, in keeping our fellowship safe and protected and working so that our recovery can continue to go. So I listened to a lot of different things, things I say tonight, I'm stealing, borrowing from a lot of different sources. Bob D was uh, had a phenomenal talk on, on the traditions. Joe and Charlie, um, Bill W, Ruth M. There are a lot of podcasts out there, but it's not as easy to find podcasts on traditions as it is on step one or serenity or 10 steps. Um, so you do have to look for it. So if I say anything tonight, God wants you to know about it, and I'm just going to share it. I do qualify here. Um, you know, traditions got me here. When I start thinking of the word tradition, Christmas tradition, eating from the time you woke up till the time you went to bed, Easter, holidays, vacations, any tradition that I grew up with involved eating. So when I think of traditions, I do. I think of turkey at Thanksgiving. I think of fights at Christmas time where we're all stuffing our face with pie and drinking more egg, eggnog or, or Irish coffees or something. Um, now I have a whole different understanding of traditions. Real briefly, I was born a compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I, at a very early age, always went for the sweet things and always was a chubby little baby, um, chubby little kid, and always felt like I didn't fit into a family of sex. I always felt like I was, I was the middle kid or I was one of the two middle kids, but just felt I was lost in the shuffle and never really understood why people were going right and I was trying to go left. I never understood what I didn't. No, I didn't know what I didn't know, but I didn't want anyone to know that I didn't know, right? So what do you do? You sit and you eat and you quietly try to figure it out in that panic of not knowing what's going on got soothed when I would in, indulge my um, alcoholic foods, which were primarily sugar. Um, at an early age, I learned to keep my mouth shut and just follow the crowd and then be very funny to make up for the feeling of, of not fitting in. You know, I was a class clown. I always got in trouble. I was a loud mouth. I was, you know, president, well, vice president of, of um, uh, my classes in high school and in college and always loud and in charge and out there and scared to death that if 
anybody asked me a question about who I was, I wouldn't be able to answer it because I had no idea. If you wanted me to go and, and sing karaoke someplace, I would go with you. If you asked me to go sit in, uh, the, in the library and read with you, I would go do that anywhere to just fit and feel okay, because I didn't even know who I was. And instead of ever taking that time that like we do now in the 11th step, I just kept running, but I didn't know what I was running from, right? And the only thing that would help me is something to chemically change me. I did have a, um, I am in another 12-step program, and I figured out that drugs and alcohol could get me to oblivion a lot quicker than food could. So I took a hard left for a couple of years. And then as soon as I got sober, I went right back to eating sugar and I started gaining weight that never did come off. You know, my weight yo-yoed back and forth um, as any high school kid probably did. You learn to starve and exercise yourself to death and then eat like crazy and go back and forth and back and forth, always yo-yoing. But it was always that hole in my soul I never understood. Until I got to Overeaters Anonymous and I got here, I'm going to say I got here twice. First, I got here in 2011 when I got fired from a very high corporate job um, with a really good parachute, a really good exit package. But I was devastated because not knowing myself and not really caring about anyone else but me, I was devastated. That was my whole life. That was my That was my whole image. And what the hell was I going to do when I wasn't? Nancy Collada, you know, vice president of blah, 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 blah. I was clueless. So somebody suggested I had an eating problem. Well, how stupid was that? So I went to OA and I found out that if I got this diet plan and didn't eat sugar that was in ingredients in the top five ingredients that I could lose weight if I followed this plan. And I went to these meetings. So I went to these meetings and you guys told me, keep coming back. And I started losing weight on this diet plan. So for a year, I went to Overeaters Anonymous for group support and a good diet. And I lost 65 pounds in a year. I would exercise like crazy. And I showed that company who I was. I have no clue who I was, but I lost a lot of weight and people were like, oh, look at her. She's just so great. She's so wonderful. Look at how happy she is out of, out of working. Still miserable as hell, but I showed people that I could do it in spite of them. Then people stopped noticing. So what happens when you're not noticed? It's not about me anymore. I slowly started to eat and a little bit here and a little bit there. Eight years later and 65 pounds back on me, I was devastated. By that time, I was binging uncontrollably and I couldn't stop. I remember going to bed in the evenings just with so much hurt in my stomach and crying, say, God, please don't let me do this tomorrow. And by six o'clock the next morning, I'm driving through Starbucks getting two. It was never one two chocolate chip cookies, and then I might as well, because I screwed up the day, just eat all day long and do it over and over again. Till finally, somebody gave me the number of the Vision for You Healthy Big Book Study Group. I called it and my life changed in a day. In, in an hour, I heard that I had an allergy. I never knew I had an allergy and that I was allergic to primarily sugar. And that I had to get that out of my body and my, my mind kept telling me to bring it back, just bring it back, just bring it back to eat. And when I understood that, I that same day reached out and found somebody, no clue who she was, what she looked like, where she lived, what she did for a living. She said she would take me through the, through the steps. And 
that day I made the commitment to do it. Did I do it the first time out? No, I had to argue about sugar, you know, this artificial sweetener and this five ingredient stuff. I did my own experiments for two weeks. I put down the sugar and then got into diet or artificial sweeteners and um, then went on a binge, talked to my sponsor about it. We agreed, give me two days. And then I never turned around again and I'll never touch an artificial sweetener with the help of God. I know that anything that is sugar-like could be whatever, I'm just staying away from it because it's just not, it's not good for this compulsive overeater. And so I worked this program like my hair was on fire for two and a half years. And as I go through the traditions, I'm going to start talking about how I lost the primary purpose is to help the other alcoholic, the other compulsive either eater. And I started to make it not about other people, but about me. And that got me right outside the doors of, of OA again. And January 20th, I have a new abstinent date. So I'm four months abstinent again and stronger than ever in knowing I can't do anything on my own, that this is a WE program and I need this fellowship and I need each of you every day to be able to get and maintain my abstinence. So sitting here today and looking at the traditions, you know, the 12 steps got me well. It got us well. We learned how to put down the food. We learned how to open up and get right with God, get right with ourselves, get right with our fellows, and then stay in, in that, in, in 10, 11, and 12, really work those steps and be able to stay in fit spiritual condition. But what about this group here? How does this group stay the way that it is? How does it work the way it does? The traditions that Bill W. wrote down and they just somehow miraculously works are, are a miracle. You know, I am all about me. There is always too much me between me and you and between me and God. I always come first. And I need the traditions of this program to help me get the spiritual axiom of God, others, and myself in line and keep it there. Um, you know, I got here because I had a disease of isolation, right? I always wanted to be separate and apart unless there was a tradition unless there was something I could eat over with you, somebody to have unity. But other than that, I didn't have unity at all. I was separate and I wanted to be that way, but I really wanted the unity. I wanted to be in a group like this. So the, the first tradition, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. You know, moving from a me, me, me to a God, others, and self is really hard for me, but I know that God has directed all of us to really put everything before myself. If I continue to focus on me, I can't see what God's putting in front of me. I'm of no good to anyone because I'm so selfish and self-centered. But I am selfish and self-centered, right? So God asked me to put myself aside and get inconvenienced. And show up at these meetings, I have no idea what I'm talking about in the traditions, and maybe learn a bit and share my experience, strength, and hope. You know, through self-sacrifice and, and constant working for other people, that is where my actions show that I believe in this program. And I believe that God has really given me the opportunity to help somebody else achieve sobriety and keep our whole program going together. Um 
Tradition two is, is really a trust issue for our group purpose. There is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as may express himself in our group conscience. You know, this distinguishes us from every any other organization on the planet. You know, we all talk about how does this ever happen? How come this doesn't happen in group organizations? You know, it's because everyone has to be in charge. There's a pecking order. This is the only place Bob D says it's the best. It's the only place that I came in as a corporate vice president and I've worked my way up to a Zoom host, you know, or a greeter at a meeting. That's as high as I get. And that's where I need to be. That's where we all need to be. We all need to be of service to, to somebody else. And that there's an ultimate authority. You know, you go to meetings, think about meetings that you go to, that it just feels safe and loving and something is happening there. That's God. That's where some of the parts, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts because it's good. And there are meetings that you go to that you're like, Ugh, you know, are we talking enough about our problems? And, you know, they kicked the dog and they got mad and I'm sorry. And you, you get out of there. And again, somebody said that I listened to on a podcast going, you need a meeting. There was no spirituality. There was no group. It was all self. So we really do need to listen to that ultimate authority and feel it in the rooms and help bring that to the room by always being present and always being part of the group that's in the room. Um, you know, it says that um, I go to a meeting sometimes because I don't want to, Right. But I go because somebody else is there that needs to see people in the room and need to see how people act that are recovered and are sitting there and paying attention and offering experience, strength and hope. I might get nothing out of the meeting, but the guy next to me might have gotten exactly what he needed by somebody else's share that I was there to follow up on or that I punted up that somebody else said something that exactly somebody needed. So Going in selfishly and self-centered, like, I don't want to be here. And then I start taking, you know, read of the room, like, I'm not lying. I'm just kind of noticing, ah, oh, you're off uh, typing over there and you're off. That's being so selfish on my part. That's judging everyone else rather than sitting and saying, God, what do you want me to get out of this meeting? What do you want me to be doing? Which pushes us to um, the third tradition. Our only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Um, and I firmly believe that, you know, when I first came in, I'd look at people's body sizes and say whether they fit or not. Today, I know I can't judge anyone. I don't know what goes on up here. And it's all up here. It has nothing to do with the body. I don't know if people took laxatives, people binged and purged, if people exercised themselves to death. It doesn't matter because we all think the same way, right? We all belong here. But it's not just a desire to stop eating compulsively. It's a desire to stay recovered, get recovered, and stay recovered. I need you guys to help me keep my ism at bay, right? Even though I can be very, very recovered and say I've got, you know, four months or I had two years or whatever it was, I need to be able to... Um, I don't always have a good spiritual day, you know? I, I can come in with a chip on my shoulders... Um, and when I have a bad day, I like to share. So everyone else has a bad day too, right? <laughs> because I pass it on. I can't get over it. I can't get out of myself. And I really need to say, I need to be here 
I need you guys to have me here so I do get out of myself and help somebody else when I'm sitting in the rooms rather than doing it all for myself. Um, autonomy. Um, we can do whatever we want. You know, this group reads a, a very different reading than you hear in most other books, and it works in, or in most other meetings. It works in here, and that's why this group is so cohesive, because you march to your own drummer, right? But you don't do anything that goes against OA as a whole. As long as we don't hurt OA as a whole, we can do anything we want as long as the group conscience, the presence of God, that ultimate authority says, this is the way we're going to do it. We all live to it. Do I hate to win or do I hate to lose when I don't win at a group conscience, when I think I wanted it this way? I used to get really pissed. Now I'm like, there's a reason. I don't know what it is, but God, you got to show me and just kind of tell me to just show up and just keep moving forward. And it always works out as soon as I get out of my own selfishness and go, this is the good of the group. This is the good of OA. That's what's in our traditions. Um, and we also need to be... Um, I think that it's important um, what I was learning is that, you know, we, our actions speak really loudly on how our meetings go. And to the newcomer, I should have asked, is there anybody new here? And we're talking about traditions. <laughs> we're, all, we're all talking about things that we all live together as, as one cohesive group helping one another. So if you're new or relatively new, you're in the right place. And this is where you need to be to help yourself put the food down and find a whole new experience. Just continue to show up, get numbers, and, and um, be part of this fellowship about, upon which there is nothing greater in the world. But everything that I do reflects on OA, right? Now I'm a member of Overeaters Anonymous, and I live by certain spiritual principles and Everything I do inside and outside of the rooms, my actions need to reflect that now I'm on a spiritual plane where I do have that axiom of God, other self. And we always carry a message, right? What is the message you're carrying today? Are you really living in a spirit of the universe where you're trying to be of maximum, to fit yourself to be of maximum service to others? Are you being self-centered and in a pity pot and have a have a problem and can't get out of yourself really it's five minutes oh my god okay i'll just keep going <laughs> minutes. Um, two, two minutes two minutes oh two minutes well let me just keep motoring on here let me see what else i want to say um i think primary purpose um i think my primary purpose is to help others to achieve sobriety, right? And that's by getting out of myself. When I had my relapse in February, I really lost that sight. I spent two years in the rooms, um, really getting this program, feeling great, doing a lot of service. Then all of a sudden, you know, it wasn't convenient for me to sponsor anymore. And it really wasn't convenient to take 10 steps and do 10 steps. But service, talking, being out there, being loud and in charge, all of a sudden it became me instead of my primary purpose being you. And if I can say anything to anyone, if we don't use that legacy of unity service and if we don't get the recovery part, we can't do the unity and the, and the service. We're not doing anything and we're not being good to God. So Cautionary tale, if you find yourself starting to slip a little bit and get sloppy, weigh in measuring, or not wanting to talk to people, 
really look at your fit spiritual condition and get right with God and get right with your sponsor. Um, I think um, self-supporting, I want to I want to make a point that somebody made a point in one of the, the podcasts I listened to, and it made me stop and think, um, made me stop and think that, you know, how much money did I spend on a binge? You know, when I needed to go out and get my fix or my fix all day long, that was probably a hefty bill every day. And I put, you know, I really put cheaply my $3 or my $5 into the basket every time. So, okay. So I would just ask you to consider, you know, we put in what we're, what we're asked to at a minimum. Think about what you spent when you were act actively, actively using, and then maybe consider upping that a little bit. Um, the only other thing I want to talk about real quickly, and then I'm going to end, is principles above personalities. The other thing I learned in this whole thing is that the only personality I need to be worried about is me, because it's always about me. And if I can put the principles of this program before what Nancy thinks selfishly or judgmentally or anything, this program works. It's when I become self-important and where I think my personality is better. It's not because I don't like somebody. It's because I'm being judgmental of that other person. So just unity for everyone and acceptance and love and tolerance is what we're asking for. So I don't know <laughs> if I talked about the traditions or whatever I did, but I hope somebody got something out of my talk. And uh, thanks for having me and thanks for letting me do some study tonight. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so much. Um, alrighty, so we're now going to open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter being studied this week. Um, in this case, the traditions, we ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share, ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reaction or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. All right, Rich, would the timekeeper please set a three-minute time for each share and announce when time is up? Uh, if the speaker's asked a question, please allow three minutes for that answer. All right. Okay, and so um, I first see Amy B. So Amy, Hi. come on in. Thank you so much, Sherry. Thank you for your service tonight. Thank you, Kaylee, for your service. Rich, everyone doing service, including the service of being here. Nancy C., thank you so much for bringing us that talk on the traditions and, and your experience, strength, and hope. And I love how you started by saying that you listen to um, other podcasts, and it's always like, brought forward that we hear things and we and we share them with each other and like the basis of the traditions our common and the first tradition our commonwealth for must come first oh and if you're a newcomer or new to the meeting or new to OA or new to big book study you are so so welcome and um traditions are kind of like beyond steps but they're they're what build a home for us and the first tradition that our common welfare must come first, basic, and when you read in the book, it, it says, and it says AA, but I'll say OA, OA must survive or most of us will surely die. 
I, I, you said, Nancy, I need you to help keep my ism at bay. I wrote it down. I need all of you to help keep my ism at bay or I will surely die. OA must survive. So all of these other traditions about, you know, self-supporting, we don't take money from outside. We don't allow outside. We don't deal with outside issues. We don't like public relations, attraction, not promotion. We don't go to try to sell this. Nobody has vested interests. Nobody makes money. Principles over personalities. It is about the principle that holds us together. So if you are new and this all sounds like, you know, just know that these things are meant to keep us safe, to keep us a family of equals. Um, people say just another bozo on the bus. And bozo is not my favorite. I think we're just all beautiful, spiritual souls having a human experience and struggling with a spiritual malady. If you're here. Um, and I don't know why I have this hole, this need that manifests in a, in a physical allergy and a mental twist, but I need a safe space and I need to be protected from my own ego and my own ambition sometimes. And the traditions do that. Um, and I love that this meeting honors traditions and I love that we have group conscience and I'm just going to say again there's a group conscience on June 15th and even if you've ever been to this meeting just one time you're a part of it and um that's what that's what traditions does it makes us a home and it keeps us safe I'm so so grateful to be home with all of you tonight welcome home my cat thanks so much next I've got Francesca Hi, um, thank you, Sherry. It's nice to see you. Um, hi, everyone. Francesca, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Grateful to be here. Thank you, Kaylee, for your service and Rich for timing and um, a lot of people, um, everyone for being here. Um, Nancy, I was so excited um, to see you. Um, you just, um, you know, I love how you said, like, what message am I carrying today? And um, you just carry this message. Um, you are attraction, not promotion um, the light just shines out of you. And, um, it's like, I can just feel it in your square. Like you're just on fire for this program and it's awesome. Um, I love how you said, um, you know, I had no clue who I was, but I lost weight, you know, just spending so much of my life. Like I have to lose weight. I have to lose weight. Like forget everything else, you know, just being swallowed up by that. And you saying like, um, there was always too much between me and you and, um, me and God, you know? Um, and so just that isolation, um, and just that reminder of, you know, being able to be rooted in that step one experience of like what it was like before and what I know that it will be like in a second, you know, um, if I am in the food again, um, and you said, um, you know, to get out of myself and help someone else. Oh, um, when you talked about um, I'm not at the meeting, like selfishly, you know, like I, I have, um, there's a conversation I have to have with someone. So I kind of feel like tense and like, I'm struggling being present. And I just was like, I don't want to be here. Um, and so I, when I saw you, I was so excited. I was like, oh, well now I really want to be here. But, um, but it's like that message of like, I'm not here, like 
because to make me feel better. Like I'm here to hold space, a safe community. And um, yeah, to keep my ism at bay, like to hear the stories of what it was like, um, you know, because I, I remember what it was like, but that memory does not keep me safe from the food. Um, and that, you know, our third tradition of, um, or the fifth tradition of, um, to, you know, just to carry the message. Um, and so, and what a gift too. like, I can be feeling like a little off or like strange or something. And I can still show up and be of service and hold space for someone and keep my ego in check um, and just show up and, and be honest. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing, Nancy. Um, it's always great to see you. Um, and thanks everyone. I pass. Thank you. Next, we've got Maria. Hold on, I'm Maria, Compulsible Reader. Um, Nancy, that was wonderful. Um, I think that the world would be such a wonderful place if it lived by the traditions because we live, it's just so divisive. We're just so divided, I feel like. And um, I certainly don't know what's best for me. Like it says, you know, in the uh, acceptance chapter, it's like, I don't know what's best for me. So how could I possibly know what's best for you or, or the group as a whole? Uh, and it just goes back to like surrender and acceptance of what's happening, but I definitely want to speak about how you said your life could change in an hour. And I feel that same way too. Like, so grateful, so grateful that like God put you in my life. I feel like my life changed that day. Um, and the whole thing with the artificial sweeteners and, and how, you know, I can't do anything on my own. Like I need the connection. I need, I need you guys. And, um, you know, and trusting and I'm selfish as I've been reading over and over and over, over the past few days, I'm selfish and self-centered, um, egocentric, and I cannot get rid of self on my own. I mean, I need God to, to, to be rid of that selfishness. And when you said, boy, when people stop noticing and complimenting and it's like me, 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 it's like, oh, what am I doing this for? If I'm not going to get compliments, you know, and it's just, I, I, I can't, that is my that is my default mode. And there, I as much, and I can sit there and, and beat myself up for that, but that's even being more selfish, you know, and, and, and not being in the solution. I mean, I have to be here. I have to hear the solution because there's no way I'm going to get rid of that selfishness and my automatic default mode of like, give me adoration, compliment me, make, you know, because I, I don't have that inside of me. I keep, I keep looking to the world to give that to me. And that's, it's never going to fill me. It's never going to fulfill me. It's just that spiritual void. And I just want to say, um, I heard recently in meeting that ism stands for, I sponsor myself. So, and I love that. So I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Next, Lisa. Hey, everybody. Um, Lisa, compulsive overeater. Oh, Nancy, thank you so much. I, once again, I, I wish I could, I wish I could take notes and listen at the same time. I just can't, but I just heard so many good things. Um, and, uh, yeah, the tradition is a hard one to, to talk on, but you did great. You just said lots and lots of good stuff. Um, I, I think the one that has already been commented on, but, um, 
I too, you know, what, what, what message am I carrying? Or, you know, like it says, um, gosh, I can't remember, but it, there's a little pamphlet, like how we are the message, you know, and that it's, it's, it's my responsibility to, to carry that message. Um, and I, um, you know, I, I have been, I have been out of touch with this meeting. I have been off camera um, lately. I've, I've been in relapse and I'm so embarrassed to say that. And at the same time, I look at myself and I'm like, you know, I wouldn't judge anybody else, you know, um, I wouldn't judge anybody else. I wouldn't shame anybody else. Why in the hell do I do that to myself? Um, it's just, it's the disease, you know, it's just the disease and it's really, it's really kicked my butt again. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was talking to somebody on the way home from dropping off my son again at another treatment center. And I was like, yeah, I could use this. I mean, like, like the disease says, oh, Lisa, you know, you've got so much going on. You've got just so much pain. You, it's okay that you're eating, you know, you're not drinking, you're not smoking, blah, blah, blah. But then at the same time, I'm like, but I am, I'm hurting myself by doing what I'm doing. You know, it just, I don't know, just something kind of clicked. Um, but, um, and so what, when you just spoke of that tradition, you know, it's like for the past couple of weeks, my son, he's been here, he's been on house arrest with an ankle monitor. It's like the craziest shit I wouldn't make up in my life, but he's been watching me as I've been watching him, as I've been watching him getting his fix, he's been watching me. And that just makes me so sad. I don't want to carry that message, you know? Um, anyway, I moved into his room. My background is different. I have a place to alter myself. The puppy's out in the playpen, so I have no distractions. That's why I decided to share tonight. All right, thanks. Thanks so much. Um, we've got uh, Meredith, and we've got one minute, Meredith, but that minute is all yours. All right. Hey, everybody. That's okay. I don't really know. There was so much in that awesome talk, Nancy. Wow. Um, and I was writing furiously and just so much of it resonated. Um, but I think tonight, I too, I'm going to say that that what message am I carrying? And um, I was on an outreach call on the way home from work today and, um, oh, this person just kept going to the problem and I didn't know how to get out of it. And you know what? I'm going to be honest and say, I'm, I have to do a 10 step on it, but I lied. And I said, I was pulling into my driveway and I had to go. I just, I didn't know what to say. She just kept, I felt like she kept dragging me down. Um, anyway, and that just makes me think about what, what is the message? What, what do I, what could I have said to take us off of that? I made a couple attempts, 
but it didn't work. Um, maybe it did. Maybe it planted a seed. I'm going to believe that. Um, but, you know, oh, I probably don't have time, but I wanted to say too that, yeah, I've been convicted about really showing up at this meeting. And of course, I came home today and I'm like, oh, there's so much to do. And, but I'm like, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to get out my notebook, I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to be here. And then I saw it was you and yay, that was a bonus. Um, so it really is so meaningful that all of you are here and look at all these faces, like this whole first page that I'm looking at, everybody's here. You know, it's not like blank, um, blank boxes that I'm looking at. So thank you all for being so awesome and keeping this meeting alive. I'm going to start crying. So I'll, I'll, I'll pass. Thank you all. Love you. Thanks so much. Um, we're now going to stop the recording for unrecorded questions and shares. Uh, Zoom host, would you please stop the recording? <laughs>